This is Verso, a behind-the-scenes podcast about programs and other activities at the Barnes Foundation. Each podcast explores the rich history of the Foundation and the creative minds of the artists, thinkers, and performers who bring the Foundation's campus to life. Green of the Barnes Foundation, and I'm here with Rob Brusher of the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival, and we're going to talk a little bit about the film festival and also about the new program that we're working on together called Artist Bash. So Rob, if you can tell us a little bit about your history and your connection with the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival. Sure. Uh, First of all, thanks Kathleen for inviting me to do this. Uh, We really enjoy the partnership that we've been able to develop with the Barnes over the last couple of years and are excited for this new series of events. Um, In terms of the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival, for those of you who aren't familiar with us, We're actually the largest film festival on the East Coast that shows films by and about Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Uh, In addition to films, we also program live music, theater performances, uh, food events and chef demonstrations, and a variety of other cultural uh, activities throughout the year. Um, We also provide some networking opportunities for local working Asian American filmmakers, and we do a lot of educational talks at institutions throughout the city of Philadelphia. Uh, I've been involved with PATH since 2013. I came on as the festival director after our founding director, uh, Joe Kim, uh, stepped down in 2012. I was the programming director the first year and uh, ever since 2014 have been the uh, leader of this organization. Um, It's been a real privilege to be part of this group because Uh, Growing up as a biracial Japanese-American, I I had a hard time kind of finding my identity and making sense of it, Uh, especially growing up in an environment in rural suburban Connecticut where, you know, we were the only interracial family. Uh, We were also the only Japanese-Americans in our community of 18,000 people. So you can imagine there wasn't a whole lot of diversity. Um, So, you know, in terms of understanding what our culture was, I didn't really have a lot of resources beyond what was on film and television. And unfortunately, in those days, uh, back in the late 80s, early 90s, there just wasn't anything Japanese American or Asian American, for that matter, that was in Hollywood or broadcast television. You know, you'd have the occasional rerun of Happy Days with Pat Morita playing Aaron Takahashi, Mm -hmm. or Arnold, I think his name was. Um, And then, you know, of course, George Takei and the reruns of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. But it was pretty stark in terms of uh, representation in those days. And the folks that were out there tended to be really kind of stereotypical uh, and usually negative portrayals of our community. Mm -hmm. Um, I was very lucky, however, because I grew up with a a great-grandmother. She lived until 2006, and she was an immigrant from Japan. Uh, So, you know, she didn't speak a whole lot of English, and I didn't speak a lot of Japanese, but we really bonded over movies, and we'd watch Japanese movies and Japanese TV shows together. So that was kind of my insight into our culture at a young age. Um, You know, and as I grew older, I I became a filmmaker myself and got involved with television production and uh, eventually moved overseas to Japan and uh, began working in Japanese cinema, um, in a little bit in production, but mostly in film curation, Uh, starting a film festival in the United Kingdom where we showed Japanese films and then later relocating here to Philadelphia and kind of finding a new uh, new pathway in in that field uh, working specifically with Japanese American films at first and then broadening that into Asian American as a whole Um, so it was kind of convenient timing Um, when I came on board with PATH 
the organization was at a crossroads and trying to figure out what the future looked like, if there was a future. Um, you know, a lot of our festivals, uh, you know, the, any of the ethnic film festivals, including Black Star or the Philadelphia Latino Film Festival, mostly are doing this as a volunteer basis. And we have a very dedicated group of core volunteers who run this thing. Um, but like most volunteer-run organizations, there's a lot of challenges in terms of lack of funding, in terms of the lack of resources. Uh, it's this kind of competitiveness, fighting for institutional engagement. And uh, we were just kind of very lucky and blessed, I think, to be able to find our path in the last five years to not only sustain path into you know, being a great festival here in the city of Philadelphia, but really becoming a leader both on the East Coast and uh, nationwide in terms of the types of programming that we can offer uh, and being a little bit of a trendsetter as far as the partnerships that we're developing and the conversations that we're pushing, um, the dialogues that we like to have through film. I love the breadth of programming that you offer. So we, our first partnership together was, I believe, last May for uh, Asian American History Month or Asian American Month. And um, if you can just talk briefly about the range of the programs that you brought. Again, I was blown away by the range of the offerings, which made it a really exciting evening at the Barnes. Sure. And, um, you know, obviously we are a film festival, so film's usually at the core of what we do, but uh, we kind of had a unique opportunity with this event that we hosted in May of last year, um, because we were really given this uh, idea of trying to create live performances within the main uh, space in the gallery before you get into the museum, uh, and just fill that space with the diverse cultures that we represent so we did have a, a film, a short film or two that were playing in the uh, auditorium on the basement level. Yeah. But at the same time, we also hosted a, a range of live musical and dance performances, uh, including Anthony Brown and the Asian American Jazz Orchestra. Um, he brought a special trio in for that. Um, Anthony is based in the San Francisco Bay Area. He's half Japanese and uh, a mixed race African American and Choctaw Native American. Uh, so he kind of takes all of these cultural influences from his own ethnic heritage and it instigates them into the music that he plays. Um, and they did a great job. It was him, Mark Izu uh, uh, on bass, and Masaru Koga on the shakuhachi, which That's is a wonderful. Japanese bamboo flute. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and the three of them, because they were coming here to Philadelphia and as jazz musicians, decided that they would pay homage to uh, none other than Coltrane. So they did a variety of Coltrane tunes that were their renditions of it with this kind of very unique instrumentation. Um, so that was the, the centerpiece of the event that we did. But we also brought in um, local community groups um, from the Tibetan community specifically to do a couple of very interesting dances uh, in, involving a yak costume. And uh, it seems a, a little bit similar to the lion dances that you see in Chinatown around the Lunar New Year. Uh, but imagine someone dressed in a Sherpa outfit and a yak costume. Yeah, it was wonderful. That and um, I believe the uh, Indonesian dance, a, a youth group. That's correct. Yeah, and then an interactive flute uh, performance. Yes. Uh, which, again, all of it was really magical and such a wide breadth of programming. Um, so when we started thinking about new opportunities to program and to really focus on the broad range of talent, um, primarily in the region, but also just across the U.S., 
um, I wanted to make sure to pull you into the conversation. So the program that we're going to talk about is Artist Bash, and it happens three times a year. Um, the upcoming one is September 15th, and it's basically a showcase of performance-based artists. Um, but we, we have the, the last one we had, Eagle Fan, who was amazing showing her films and her wearable sculpture. Um, so we do a wide range of artists showcasing their work in a salon-style approach to programming. So there might be anywhere from five to six different artists showcasing their work, and each of them get a, like 15, 20 minutes to showcase their work. Um, and then it ends with this finale of this amazing dance party where everyone gets to sort of fuse together uh, all the creativity that's been shared. And this upcoming one is called Drivers of Social Change. So it's all about performers who are advocating for something where their artwork is standing for something that impacts who we are in society. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about Yellow Rage, the group that you're bringing to the uh, to the festival. Well, we're, we're very excited to bring in our partners at Yellow Rage yeah. because we have done quite a bit of work with them through the years. Uh, for those of you unfamiliar with them, it's a female spoken word duo. Um, the two members are Katsi Villefon and Michelle Myers. Uh, Katsi is Lao American. Um, she's the daughter of refugee immigrants from Laos uh, who came here as a result of the Vietnam War. And uh, her work outside of the spoken word is uh, really focused on trying to help this new generation of Lao American youth find a connection to their roots culturally and uh, kind of continue in these new, interesting, exciting uh, art directions through an organization she's developed called Laos in the House. Um, so definitely check them out. And then Michelle Myers, uh, she's half Korean and she's a doctor. Uh, professor, I should say, at Temple University and Community College of Philadelphia. Um, she does a, a wide variety of English literature courses as well as Asian American studies. Um, but together, Yellow Rage has performed throughout the country. Um, they've been on, I would say, probably close to 100 college campuses. But uh, they were also on uh, Deaf Comedy Jam, which was an excellent tour that took them around the country to some of the best spoken word venues in the United States, as well as being uh, televised on HBO, I believe. So yeah. we're very excited to have Yellow Rage here at the Barnes and uh, have that kind of be the focal point of this partnership with PATH. Yeah, yeah no, it's very wonderful. And we, again, this, uh, this series, Artist Bash, will be occurring three times a year in 2018. The upcoming one is September 15th from 8 p.m. until 11 p.m., um, we are fortunate to not only have Rob and the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival as part of this partnership, but we also have Small But Mighty Arts, One Hunted, and iHeartRadio. And we're really thrilled to be able to have so much talent and so many uh, uh, amazingly talented people being a part of this project and really uplifting performance-based and film artists uh, throughout the region. So thank you so much for joining us, and we hope to see all of you um, at Artist Bash on September 15th. If you would like to learn more about upcoming programs at the Barnes Foundation, please visit our website www.barnesfoundation.org programs. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The music used in this podcast is by Long Zijun. Thank you for listening in with us, and we look forward to seeing you at the Barnes Foundation soon.